Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Back here on NFL Live with breaking news today from Adam Schefter. Jonathan Taylor was not traded by the 4 o'clock Eastern deadline today. The Colts really never got overly close to making a trade today or this past week. But also, that Jim Ursay statement that he made about Jonathan Taylor, I think is going to stick in this young man's mind. If he is not traded, it's in the interest of both sides to make it work. And the drama in Indianapolis goes on. Well, it's been 24 hours since this news broke, yet still so much to sift through as we welcome you to NFL Live. Adam Schefter back with more on Taylor. That's coming. Dan Orlovsky here and the coach, Herm Edwards, joins us for the hour. We're going to get back to Indy in just a minute here, guys. But so many questions out there as we're just eight days away from the kickoff of the NFL season. Yeah, eight days, I said it. And Adam, we got some positive news on one of the biggest questions out there today. What do we know about Joe Burrow's health? Laura, he was at practice today, walked out to the field holding his helmet in shoulder pads. And it's hard to imagine that a man that made it back in time from the opener from a torn ACL from an appendectomy isn't going to be out there on opening day against the Cleveland Browns. He's going to play. The question is how much of an issue that calf is going to be. But Joe Burrow back at practice today, a huge positive sign for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, if he's going to play, he better be 100% because this is a long season. And if he's not and there's a risk for re-injuring that or higher risk, then he should sit and make sure that he gets fully healthy. My, My guess is that Cincinnati believes that he is fully healed, that he's going to play. This is 14 days later than the return of last year. I think he came back on August 16th last year after that appendectomy. So even then, he's still two weeks later than he was last year. In that first game against Pittsburgh, he was really tough. So it would be interesting to see how healthy he is and how effective he is in that week one game. I'm not sure we all realized the toll that the appendectomy took on him. But speaking of holdouts, no sign of Chris Jones at Chiefs camp either. What do we know about that situation, Shefty? Laura, the Chiefs officially have placed Chris Jones on the did not report list. And to remind everybody, the Kansas City Chiefs host the Detroit Lions eight days from now, one week from tomorrow night, the Chiefs will be opening their Super Bowl defense title against the Lions. And certainly right now, it is tracking for Chris Jones not to be there that night for the opening game. That's not a good sign for the Chiefs. And the fact that when you think about Chris Jones, he reminds me of Warren Sapp and Aaron Donald. Uh, he's a disruptor inside. He led their team in sacks last year with 15 and a half. You need this guy to be on the football field. As good as their offense is, they still need Chris Jones in this defense. He's the leader there. He disrupts offensive quarterbacks because he gets right in their face right away. Nick Bosa did not show up to any preseason activities out in San Francisco. What do we know there, Adam? Well, the 49ers have a few more days to get a deal done, being that they don't open their season until that Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But... No signs of Nick Bosa either. The 49ers know that Nick Bosa keeps himself in great shape. They're not overly concerned about his conditioning level. The contract is another issue. Sides haven't appeared to be close. If and when this deal gets done, I expect it'll make him the highest paid defensive player in NFL history, but no deal right now, Laura. Yeah, one of two things is going to happen here. One, they're going to get the deal done before the season starts, or 
You know how sometimes teams go to free agents and say, go test the market and let us know what you get and we'll see if we can match it? Nick Bost is going to go, okay, go test the season and play games without me and see what it feels like. And then, even though you may think you know what my value is to this team and this defense, you'll feel it certainly. So, hopefully for both sides, because this is a unquestioned Super Bowl contender, they get that deal done before the season starts. Test the season. I like that. It's a good one. Um, All right, let's get back to Indy, where Jonathan Taylor is still a Colt after failing to get a fair trade offer by yesterday's deadline. He now starts the season on the pup list. That means he's going to miss the team's first four games. Adam, can you walk us through some of the key dates in the coming months as it pertains to a possible trade that feels like that may be the only option for these two parties? Well, Laura, there have been really three trade windows here. The first came from the team-imposed deadline yesterday at 4 o'clock Eastern, which was not met. Taylor is on the physically unable to perform list. He will not play in the first four games of the season. The next window comes realistically in October, before and leading up to the NFL's trade deadline on Halloween, October 31st. And who knows if there will be a team that loses a running back that's in the market for an offensive upgrade the way the 49ers were last year trading for Christian McCaffrey at the trade deadline. October would be the next window. And if for some reason there's no trade then, then after the season, the Colts always would have the franchise tag at their disposal to use on Jonathan Taylor. They could tag him with the idea that they would wind up trading him. But there are three windows. One has been shut. Two remain open. And we'll see if the Colts can figure out a way to somehow make Jonathan Taylor happy and withdraw his trade request. But as of right now, he wants out of Indianapolis and he does not want to be a part of that organization. Yeah, and Adam, as we discussed yesterday after you broke this news, one of the key cogs in all of this is if he's still on the pup list by week six, doesn't return to the active roster at any point this season, the contract tolls, meaning that Taylor would not enter free agency after this season. So it's going to get really interesting when we get past that first four games to see how this all plays out. But we heard all week leading up to yesterday that two teams were showing interest in a potential trade. The Dolphins were reported early, while there was a second team that remained a mystery until now. So, Adam, who else was involved in the talks with Indy? Well, as Stephen Holder reported today, the Green Bay Packers make calls. Now, the Packers general manager, Brian Gutekind, said that the Packers are essentially doing their due diligence. They check in on every player, but they did have trade discussions with the Indianapolis Colts. It's hard to say if a deal ever got close. It doesn't feel like it ever did. But the Packers were there, and they were the so-called mystery team that was referred to as a team that was interested in Jonathan Taylor. All along, we knew the Miami Dolphins had some level of interest, though it doesn't seem like the Dolphins ever got close to consummating a deal for Jonathan Taylor. The Packers were the other team. Those are the two primary parties that were interested. A deal did not get close with either, but they were doing what they should have, checking in on one of the best young players in the game. It just feels like this. The, the Colts never really wanted to trade him. That's what it feels like, a day a little bit removed. Right. Uh, in regards to the Packers, I guess I'm not all that surprised. One relatively cheap quarterback with Jordan Love in comparison to most starting quarterback salaries. We know that teams like to, when their quarterbacks are younger and cheaper, add talent. And then there are two backs. Number one, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was due $16 million this year. He took a pay cut this offseason down to $11 million. So right there, there's a sign that they want to pay guys less. And then their other back, A.J. Dillon, who's the one-two punch. This is the last year of his rookie contract. So it makes sense for Green Bay to at least have that conversation knowing one guy took a pay cut and another guy they might not be able to financially resign 
if capable next offseason. So I, I'm not all that surprised given that understanding of kind of the makeup of their team. Well, when you look at the Colts, it, it's really sad because when you think about their history, um, they've had, what, seven different starting quarterbacks in the last seven years, and now they draft one in the first round, Anthony Richardson. And the way you help a quarterback, and you know this, Dan, is – you have to have a reliable running game. You cannot count too much on a rookie quarterback. This guy has raw talent. We understand he can throw the football. He can run the ball as well as a runner. But you have to protect him with a running game. You have one of the better backs in the National Football League to your disposal. And right now, you're disputing how much money he costs. Well, I tell you what, if you want to help your quarterback, yeah. you need to get this guy signed. Because he's a big-time football player. He helps your quarterback. He helps your football team. You're trying to win games. Get the guy signed up. <laughs> Adam. Well, what I would say to that is that they would love to sign Jonathan Taylor, mm -hmm. the Colts would. They've attempted to reach out and get a deal done. Jonathan Taylor is not interested in re-signing with the Indianapolis Colts at this point in time. Now, the question comes is can Indianapolis repair the relationship and get it to the point where essentially he's comfortable signing with the team again. Now, Jonathan Taylor was not spotted at the Colts' training facility at all today. We don't even know if he stayed in Indianapolis. The question is not whether the Colts want to sign. Of course they would. He's a great young player. He has been unwilling to negotiate. Now, we've seen other players before say, I want out. I want to be traded. I don't want to be here. See Lamar Jackson in March, who issued a very public trade request only to sign a deal with the Ravens a month later. So if the Colts can somehow find a way to placate Jonathan Taylor and find a way to make him feel more welcome and happier, then maybe they could figure it out. If not, it's going to continue to be ugly, murky, and unwelcome mm -hmm. there, and they're going to have no choice but to trade him at some point in time. Yeah, a lot more coming on this throughout the show, including Dan's take on Anthony Richardson and how this may affect him, plus a breakdown you don't want to miss. We're just getting started on NFL Live. The Jets' defense seems ready to bully opposing teams with their countless star players, but is there anywhere offenses can attack this squad? Stick around to hear Herm explain one weakness to look out for. Plus, after struggling in his first season with Cleveland, what should we expect from Deshaun Watson in year two? Dan will show you the changes he's seen in the offense that can play a major role in the quarterback's success. We'll be right back. I'm going to get it started. Please give me a pardon because this is the type of beat that get down. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. 
They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Almost time. Monday Night Football kicks off with a week one matchup presented by YouTube TV. The Bills squaring off against the Jets September 11th. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters are back. It's 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Peyton and Eli back for their third season on ESPN2, and coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6 Eastern. Now, speaking of the Jets, we'll see on Monday Night Football to open the season. The latest episode of HBO's Hard Knocks aired last night. We got a closer look at the sidelines after his touchdown pass, Aaron Rodgers, to Garrett Wilson. Take a look at this. Bootleg out to the left, flipping it left. McCall Hardman. Bro, Show some respect, bro. Come on, what the f is that? Five damn sets? I don't even know who you are, bro. I don't know who the f you are. You don't? I've never heard of you. And the officials have to separate Jahad Ward and Aaron Rodgers. Drops back, lobs one, front left pylon. It is caught, Garrett Wilson. That's a jet touchdown. Post the barrel, bro. I ain't never doing that. I'm not hurting you. Then I gave him the line that's uncome back with the ball. I said, I don't even know who you are. And he said, he said, I don't know who you are. I said, bull <laughs> Okay, a lot of bleeps in there. You know Aaron Rodgers. Does that sound like him to you? Any great quarterback, any good quarterback has that mindset. So sometimes I say that to other people. I was going to say, so that's him. why you don't say bad words or I don't know. But okay. It's the anyway. second shot in a 16-minute show. Know. I mean, you know, we're on ESPN. I am too. not as good of a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers. Who is? Breaking news. Let's talk about the Jets a little bit more. Quinnen Williams got a new deal, and he was on the pivot with our Ryan Clark. Talked about his place among the top D tackles in the league. Listen to this. I was just so okay with being the third guy, the third guy, the third guy all the time. And I just thought to myself one day, like, man, I ain't going to be the third guy this year. Like, I want to go be the number one guy. You see what I'm saying? Like, I want to be the Aaron Donald. I want to be the Chris Jones. Like, yeah, I had a good year last year, but I'm chasing that greatness status. I'm chasing that when you hear my name, you're going to say I'm one of the best. Just like when you hear Aaron Donald's name, he he's a gold jacket guy. And I want to get to that level, and I'm working my butt off to get to that level of the notoriety and that level of respect. Hey, Quinnen, you're on your way, okay? Uh, playing a huge role for a Jets defense that held its opponents to 18.6 points per game last season, which ranked fourth in the NFL. In Aaron Rodgers' career, he's played with a top-five scoring defense once. And by the way, that was what in happened? 2010 when the Packers won the Super Bowl. So, hmm, Jets fans are like, yes, we're winning the Super Bowl. Uh, we got Dan and Herm here, offensive and defensive guy. So, Dan, from the offensive perspective, how do you plan for Williams and that Jets D-line? Yeah, I mean, but just quickly, just to touch on that Super Bowl that you talked yeah. about with the top five defense. The Jets defense gave up about 18 points a game last year. We all mm -hmm. expect it to be better this year. In Aaron Rodgers' career, when his defense give up 20 points or less, he's 80 and 10. Woo. Because he never gives the ball away. That you, the, the connectivity of it. I, I think this with this Jets defensive line led by Q is – I don't think there's an offensive line in the AFC that can handle this defensive line on a consistent basis, maybe outside of Kansas City. And there's some good offensive lines. The problem is this. They have more answers than you have questions. They're, like, 
So often for an offense, there's one guy that we have to pay attention to when it comes to our protection. Like, hey, we got to – if you're playing Kansas City, we got to get Chris Jones blocked. Or if you're playing Buffalo, it's like we really got to get Vaughn Miller blocked. With the Jets, it's we have to get Quinn and Williams blocked and John Franklin Myers blocked and then Carl Lawson blocked and then McDonald blocked and then Bryce Huff blocked. And then there's just wave and wave and wave after guys. And if you focus on one guy, Coach knows this, if we focus on Quinn and we get him blocked, well, good night, because one of those other guys is good enough to win. So that's the challenge is, like, how do you protect against the unit that is so deep and diverse? Yeah, Herm, uh, when you look at that Jets defense, not a whole lot of holes, right? Because they are a playoff contender, <laughs> no. we'll ask you, if you had any concern, what would it be? The run defense, and it was 16th. You know, sometimes these defensive linemen, you know, they know what gets them to the Pro Bowl. It's not making tackles, it's getting sacks. So, at times, their run defense was a little bit shabby. And if you're going to play the Jets, um, you got to think about playing them this way. How many times do you want Aaron Rodgers to possess the football? You want a 12-possession game or you want a 10-possession game? You're going to look at this offense and say, you know what, we want a 10-possession game. We don't want Aaron Rodgers to possess the ball a lot. So, what are teams going to try to do? They're going to try to run the football on them. Keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands as much as you can. Slow the game down. You know, it's like them old teams in basketball. You get the great fast break team, and the other team kind of comes down the court real slow, passes it around, waits for about five seconds to shoot the ball. Slow the game down. Well, how do you slow it down? You got to run the ball. Don't give it to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, all right. So it's true. And you got to think the Jets know that, too. So they're going to be planning for it when it comes to their run defense. It's a good point either way. Coming up on NFL Live, we've got a lot coming your way. And a surprising move yesterday, okay? The Patriots cut both Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham from their active roster, leaving Mac Jones as the lone quarterback. Our Patriots reporter, Mike Reese, will join us to sort through the situation in Foxborough, tell you everything you need to know. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Glad you're with us here on NFL Live. Let's dive into the Patriots and one very bare quarterback room. Yesterday, Bailey Zappi was cut. They made a couple other cuts. That leaves Mac Jones as the only quarterback on the roster. So we got to dive into this, figure out exactly what's going on, and that's why we bring in our Patriots reporter, Mike Reese from Foxborough, to sift <laughs> through all of it with us, okay? Take us through, Mike, the thought process here on only having one quarterback on the roster less than two weeks away from the season. All right, Laura, so I don't know if you can see this, but uh, I, I went by the Patriots Pro Shop 
and I picked up these Patriots dice. <laughs> Here's what Bill Belichick was doing. He was rolling the dice, Laura, that Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham, the two quarterbacks they had on the roster, would make it through waivers and that he could sign them back to the practice squad, which happened today. So now they, you know, they had one quarterback, just Mac Jones, for one day, and now they have three quarterbacks again. And he was doing that because he needed spots on other parts of the 53-man roster. So that's sort of what he was doing, and his dice roll worked out. However, Laura, you dig deeper. Bill Belichick always says, whenever you subject a player to waivers, you know you have a chance of losing them. And so it speaks volumes of how they view the gap between Mac Jones mm. and Bailey Zappi and the other quarterbacks. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, are you going to play any games with those dice? We got anything? We got them, Laura. Gonna... I the got them right here. Let's roll them. Let's roll them. You ever played LCR? They're coming up. They came up four. Oh, four. Bailey Zappi's number. There you go. Uh -huh. Oh, that's right there. weird. There you what go. are the chances? Okay. Um, there you go. I like that. Dan's yeah. talking about you dice. Ever, you ever play LCR? No. LCR? Is that what you're saying? That's a dice game. Okay, I'm going to have to look into that. Thanks so much to Mike Reese for the latest on the Patriots. We'll continue on Mac Jones. He had an impressive rookie season, right? Leading the Patriots to the playoffs and finishing as the runner-up to Jamar Chase for Offensive Rookie of the Year. However, different story in a new offensive coaching staff last season. Following the departure of Josh McDaniels, Jones struggled, posting the fourth-worst QBR in the NFL ahead of only Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, and Davis Mills. So, Dan, what do you expect this offense to look like in New England? Yeah, heavy RPO, the run-pass option, with which Mac Jones did a lot at Alabama, was really successful with it. Now, I think they're going to see a ton of man coverage because they don't have people that can constantly win mm. and separate on the outside. So the challenge for Bill O'Brien is going to be building in man-beating concepts in those RPOs. We've seen teams do that. I think the second thing, again, something they didn't do enough of last year is play-action play pass. And, and this is different, like, the Los Angeles Chargers, I expected their play-action pass to be just bombs away. This is going to be more play-action pass chunks. Again, something that he was really good at at Alabama and his rookie year that they did not do enough of last year. And I'd say the third thing, Laura, is this. And again, I like this when Mac was a rookie and back at Bama is they would take some of their better pass catchers, like their receivers, and instead of putting them on the outside, they would put them on the inside at really like the number three spot, almost next to the offensive tackles. So can... You know, a Juju Smith-Schuster be that person or a Tyquan Thornton be that person or a Kendrick Bourne to really play that role where Mack can attack the middle of the field with precision more than trying to push the ball so much in tight coverage to the outside. Yeah, it's his game to your point. It, just to put this in perspective, and Tom Brady has something to do with this, but the Patriots offense averaged 18.2 points per game last season. That's their fewest in a season since 2000, which was Bill Belichick's first season as their head coach. Not going to be acceptable. Patriots fans believe Only that. Only way well. to goes up. All right. Uh, to Dallas. Hey, for Trey Lance, the only way to go is up. And now he's a cowboy after escaping a no-win situation in San Francisco. Jerry Jones pulled this trade off without consulting anyone. Uh, and Lance addressed the media yesterday. Talked about his warm welcome from Dak Prescott. Listen. He welcomed me with open arms. Um, th this morning was the first time I, I ran into him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that meant a lot to me. Uh, I know it's, it's, this business is, is crazy. Uh, but for me, like I said, um, I'm not I'm not looking forward at all. I'm just really trying to take it one day at a time. And, and these guys obviously played at a very high level for a very long time. So nothing but, you know, obviously just tons and tons of respect for him um, as I think he deserves and, and gets from across the league. Uh, so for me, just trying to learn everything I possibly can from him. All right, so Trey Lance has a new home. But, Herm, as I said, we've come to find out this week that Jerry Jones never touched base with Dak Prescott or Mike McCarthy about this decision. As a coach, you okay with this kind of decision happening without your input? 
Are you kidding me? When you work for Jerry Jones, he's going to do what Jerry Jones does. Uh, Who does he have to consult? He's, he's the owner. He's the head coach. He's the defensive coordinator. Jerry Jones made a move to help his football team down the road. This, was, this guy was a first-round pick. He, get, he had to give up a fourth-round pick for a quarterback. He's going to be willing to do that. He's not threatening Dak Prescott. He's not ready to play. He was in the 49ers offense for two years, and he was a third-string guy. You think he's ready to play right now? No, but maybe down the line he is. But Dak Prescott has been sent a message. When we get to the playoffs, we need to win. That's what he's saying. We need to win. You want all this money? You want this big contract? You better win in the playoffs. Because if not, I got a young guy sitting behind you. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. The other thing to keep in mind, too, Dak Prescott's contract includes a $59.5 million cap hit next season. Mm. That's the second highest in the NFL behind only Deshaun Watson. I think this is going to look really smart down the road, and I hope it does for Trey Lance's sake. To Cleveland, where quarterback Deshaun Watson, who we were just talking about, enters year two with a really talented team around him. Let's face it, last season, he wasn't the Watson of the past after missing so much time. This year, a chance to prove he was worth his record-breaking contract. In the six games that Deshaun Watson started last season, the Browns' offense averaged 12.8 points per game. That's the fewest offensive points per game by any team in a quarterback starts last season. With then-backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett under center, the Browns' offense averaged over 23 points per game for perspective. So you can see the lack of production last year, right, Dan? We, we saw yeah. it firsthand. How different, though, do you expect this offense to look this season? If it looks like in the regular season how it has in the preseason, pretty significantly. A lot, way more spread out, way more shocking, and way more kind of moving the pieces around Amari Cooper on the inside. And their usage of Elijah Moore, remember the receiver they traded for with the Jets, they put him at tailback here, flush him to the top of the screen. So Deshaun's going, okay, looking there, trying to move defenders laterally. And now watch this. This is a switch release. Donovan Peoples-Jones runs the seam, and Joku goes to the top. That ball is thrown perfectly to a wide receiver down the seam, not a tight end at 18 yards. Now the Chiefs defense is like, wait, what's going on? There was a tailback down at the bottom of the screen. Again, Elijah Moore is a tailback. They widen and release him. Now two people are covering him. Really no one covering Njoku. Deshaun sees it quickly and throws the perfect pass. And I think that is a little bit different than what he experienced with Kevin Stefanski, their head coach and play caller last year. So I thought his preseason got gradually better what, the way it looked. And I think it's going to – we got to give them about a month because it is going to be a very, at least in my opinion, different schematic offense when it comes to where people are going to line up. And that's different for Deshaun, certainly in Cleveland. I hear you on why that could work better for Deshaun. We could see improvements from him versus last year. But does spread and shotgun potentially mess the offense up a little bit? Theoretically, you've got to think that Nick Chubb is the best player on the team. Totally. I mean, I would say the best, um, the best part of their team is their offensive line, yeah. right? Um, and I think so much has been built off of this offense that has been wildly successful in the NFL for like 50 years is that outside zone and play action stuff. But I think Kevin Stefanski's realizing I got a dynamic player. He sees the field better when I spread it out a little bit. And they have the weapon, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper and David Njoku and Elijah Moore. And I think that's one of the really interesting things is their usage of Elijah Moore. And yeah. I think they're going to use him. You know, the way that San Francisco does a Debo Samuel, the way that the New Orleans Saints do a Alvin Kamara and the San Francisco 49ers do the McCaffrey. So while the the offense that he's run for a long time has been wildly successful, mm -hmm. it may be that he thinks and believes that 
they can be as or if not more successful in this style for Deshaun. I don't think they get away from it completely. Right. I just think they're going to add to it with a little bit more nuance. Okay, you said be a little bit patient early on. Three of the Browns' first four games are against divisional opponents. So uh, they're the only team in the NFL that plays three of their first games against teams in their own division. So you can't be too patient. Where is you it? Win Do you know where those th I don't know. i got to look at the schedule, but I, Ooh, I just know that. Tough. So we'll find out and tell you after the break. <laughs> All right, still to come. Get on Kenny that, Pickett. Right? I know, i got to get on it. He's been making some noise in the preseason Pickett has. When we come back, Dan will talk about Pickett's performance. Plus, we'll welcome the surprise guest to discuss the Steelers. Find out who that is. It's all coming your way next on NFL Live. You can't ask me those questions right now. I didn't I didn't look it up. It would have been great if I asked you who was the who and was I their, knew it. Who was the fourth the uh, fourth divisional team they're not playing. <laughs> oh my god. Wait. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It is back. Action on the field. A season ready to erupt. And have a few This is what college football is supposed to be. with us here on NFL Live. Let's get back to some top stories here with Adam Schefter. We start with good news in Cincinnati. What's going on, Adam? Laura, Joe Burrow is spotted going out to practice Let's today, go. holding his helmet, wearing shoulder pads. First time practicing since he hurt his calf early at the start of training camp. The fact that Burrow is back now, 10 days ahead of their regular season opener against the Cleveland Browns tells you an awful lot. It tells you that Barring something unexpected, he is expected to be out there on opening day. He made it back from an appendectomy, made it back from an ACL, and he'll make it back from a strained craft. Meanwhile, there's other news today as well. The New England Patriots no longer have just one quarterback in their organization. They re-signed Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham to their practice squad to join Mac Jones, the only active quarterback on their 53-man roster. And the Minnesota Vikings signed the former Dolphins running back Miles Gaskin, who played for Brian Flores in Miami. Now Flores is the Vikings defense coordinator. And they also waived the former first-round pick, Jalen Rager. Mm, interesting to keep track of as we are just eight days away from the start of the NFL season. Can't wait. A couple second-year quarterbacks are starting week one. Let's begin with Desmond Ritter. Dan, what did you make of his preseason with the Falcons? Yeah, I'm encouraged. I think some of the things that you saw within their offense that you think are going to happen is, one, the movement, right? We we know this is going to be a dynamic run game with Bijan Robinson. So the movement game for him, getting his athleticism out on the perimeter and then easy throws. The second thing is, you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts are monsters. 
Just give those guys chances in these opportunities in one-on-one -on -one like he does on the back shoulder there. So the movement game and then really try not to be perfect with all of your throws, making sure that you give those guys the best opportunity to go make contested catches and in many ways earn their scholarship. I'm excited to see that Falcons offense. I think it's going to be one of the more fun ones to watch in the league. Then there's Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. You high on him going into year two, coach? Absolutely. He's the MVP of the preseason. And I think this, he's a 25-plus touchdown guy. Last year, he only threw seven. This offense all of a sudden has found a way to get the ball down the field. He is throwing the ball perfectly accuracy he's got confidence in this offense look out for the Steelers they're yep. going to score points I they are going it. to score points you got to score 25 or more if you're going to win in this division Dan take us a little deeper here what did the tape show you on Pickett well coach just used the word that kind of represented what Kenny Pickett's done this preseason and it's perfect okay so it's going to start with this deep ball to Deontay Johnson on the left sideline I want everyone to see it once because this is in many ways a perfect throw but there's a lot of plays or parts to this play that are absolutely perfect okay number one Deontay Johnson's alignment okay everyone pay attention to where he is we call this the bottom of the numbers now why is he attached to the bottom of the numbers because this is going to create so much space outside from the bottom of the numbers to the to the sideline to throw the football the second step is this you see these two safeties pre-snap right now if you're Kenny Pickett it could be two safeties when they go deep or they could rotate down to one. So you got to have really good vision. Now, the two things that have to happen, and Kenny Pickett's going to get this football, and you see how he's holding his eyes right now? He's trying to really make one of two things happen. You don't want this guy to get back there because he could take away one of those go balls. What you want to do is just try to get him maybe one more yard on that hash to, again, take advantage of that space that you created. Now, watch Kenny Pickett hold his eyes. One, two, three. That safety drifts to that hash. And, again, the perfect throw. Now, I've talked so much this offseason about timing and rhythm of quarterback's drops, okay? To make sure that this is in rhythm, Kenny Pickett, and I'm going to slow this down, what you want to see is him get back to one, two, three, hitch and throw within rhythm. Now, everyone pay attention to the rhythm of Kenny Pickett. One, two, three, hitch, Back foot in the ground and throw. Now, why does that matter? Why does Dan continue to harp on this stuff? Now, watch the game that gets get played by the Atlanta Falcons defense. There's a pick here. This defensive tackle picks, and then this guy wraps around. This is really difficult for an offensive line to pick up. Kenny Pickett goes one, two, three, hitch and throw. Could you imagine if he went two hitches and threw? He wouldn't get that football off because there's absolute parties going on at the quarterback. So, Coach talked about perfect. There's the perfect throw. There were perfect eyes. It's the perfect route, and it's the perfect rhythm to this play. So I understand it's preseason, but there's a lot that's going on for Pittsburgh, not only with just Kenny Pickett, but in really with their whole offense that's saying there's a lot of perfection that they can look forward to this coming season. Pickett, perfection. Okay, I'll be here all day. Uh, he led five drives this preseason, and the Steelers scored a touchdown on all five of them. Pickett posted a perfect passer rating, alliteration there too, becoming the first quarterback to do that in a single preseason over the last 25 years. All right, well, John Calipari is gracing us with his presence on the NFL Live set. So glad to have the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats here. And I will say the background may make some people wonder uh, if you're not a Steelers fan, this is really awkward because we've decorated the entire place for you in Steelers and Mike Tomlin and everything. But I've heard you like Pittsburgh. Talk to me about it. I grew up in Pittsburgh. If you grew up in Pittsburgh, you're a Steelers fan and it's not Steelers. It's Stillers. Stillers. You're the Steelers fan. Got it. And uh, Mike and I have been friends for a long time, Mike Tomlin, and the job. He, how about three more wins, 
and he's in the top 15. Never had a losing record yeah. in the NFL. That's ridiculous. Um, great leader. I love the guy because you watch, he's a player's coach, but he holds him accountable. Um, really, really special. Yeah, you mentioned that, and both of you have a ton of experience with coaching, obviously, and you've got, once again, a really talented young team. He has a talented young team. What conversations might you have with him with your advice about how to handle some of those youngsters? It's different. They're going against 35-year-olds. <laughs> okay, good point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing he does is he, he builds confidence yeah. um, because they're going to struggle some, and he'll keep that ship straight. Uh, Kenny Pickett, like the, he, the exact right coach for him is Mike Tomlin. And those two are going to be like that. And Mike's going to build them up because he, I think Kenny could be the breakout player. Mm. He could be that guy. And I think Mike will help him and that will be the goal. Um, all right, final thing. I heard maybe you're going to the opener. You going to be down there? I, had, I haven't been around for a minute, so I had to call Mike. Yeah. I said, hey, coach. I want to come to the opener if it's okay. I mean, imagine that. You know, the great John Calipari has to call somebody up and ask if it's okay if he shows up. And I didn't ask for tickets, but I will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike, that's coming. Thank you so much, Coach, for being with us. We wish you Thanks. the best of luck with your really Thank talented you. team this year in Kentucky. Great to have Coach stop by, and we got a lot more fun coming your way here on the show today. Okay, coming up next, we're going to bring Adam Shepard yeah. back. <laughs> exactly. To give us a little more detail on Jonathan Taylor's timeline. Plus, you don't want to miss how this rookie quarterback is working to get better, and what does this have to do with that? Okay, that was us doing the hip twist uh, a little while ago. Look at Lewis doing the hip twist. What is Lewis doing? I don't know. Dan, you know how to do it. You're going to show people next. Of course I do. It's going to all get back to Anthony Richardson, okay? <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I'm going to rank you guys one, two, three. Oh, boy. I'm third. No question. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, Board. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. ESPN Fantasy Football is the number one fantasy game. And with the season right around the corner, get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. All right, somebody you might want to put on your fantasy team, Jonathan Taylor, but he's not going to be available. He's going to be on the pup list with the Colts for the first four games, no matter what, as they didn't trade him yesterday. And this saga has many layers to it, okay? But 
Indy GM Chris Ballard spoke today, and here's some of the quotes from Chris Ballard moments ago. According to our own Colts reporter, Stephen Holder, Ballard said, quote, Jonathan is well-respected and a good human being and a darn good football player. These things happen. I care deeply about Jonathan Taylor. He also said, quote, I could sit here and give you some rosy situation, but no, it sucks. It's where we're at, and we're going to work through it. Relationships are repairable. Also, quote, we're not going to put a player on the field who is still complaining about an injury. All those things, very important, Adam, as you think about, like I said, the different layers of this situation. Yeah. But walk us through the key dates as both the Colts and potential yeah. pr trade partners assess this. Well, a couple of things to keep in mind there, Laura. I think it's important to note, as we've talked about on the show the last two days, Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, saying relationships are repairable. That's what he mm. believes. Obviously, this gives the Colts some time to see if there's a way to mend this relationship, to bring Jonathan ba Taylor back to the point where they believe he is willing to sign with the team, which he's been unwilling to do. He admitted that the situation is not what he wants. And what it is right now is where they were really talking to teams but never found an offer. They did have discussions with the Miami Dolphins that never went anywhere. It came out today that the mystery team surrounding Jonathan Taylor was, in fact, the Green Bay Packers. But that deal did not seem close to getting done. And now we're in a situation where the first artificial window for a trade closed yesterday at 4 p.m. The next window will open up until the NFL October 31st trade deadline. And obviously, as Chris Ballard alluded to today, They'd like to try to repair the relationship. But if they can't, then there's a window in October to potentially deal Jonathan Taylor if they find fair value, which they didn't feel they were getting at this point in time. And if they can't repair the relationship, and if they can't obviously tag him or trade him then, then they would tag him during the offseason and try to trade him then. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which teams at that point might need a running back of Jonathan Taylor's caliber and how that all factors in as well. But you got to think about Anthony Richardson and all of this, Adam, as you look at who it might affect, the ripple effects of this Taylor situation rolling right into the rookie quarterback. We've already seen the offense without Taylor in the preseason, but how about this from Josh Allen on the Pat McAfee show this afternoon? Talk about some of the similarities between Richardson and himself. Oh, I got my, yeah, my, my mechanics like digitally mapped through a guy named Chris Hess with Biometric. And it was Ch all changed my life. Change yeah. your life. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anthony Richardson, we just something to think about. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, so I don't know if I can share this, but Anthony Richardson has done it too with Chris Hess. Uh, oh, and boom. I, I got to see, like, Anthony Richardson's mechanics are, they're up there. I mean, they're, they're at, the, at the top. They're fantastic. Whoa. Dan, you were also on the Pat McAfee show today. Um, I also, love how Josh was like, don't know if I can say it. But I'm going <laughs> to say it anyway. And, you know, McAfee, of course, notable Colts fan. You're pretty dialed in, though, on this process of the digitally mapping out mechanics. It's pretty interesting. You're looking at what it would look like. Uh, why do you guys go through this process? Uh, efficiency. You know, like I had to make some calls. I, you heard Josh talk about Mike Hess, I believe. Uh, Tom House has done this for a long time. I actually reached out to Adam Dadow, who works with the 3D QB and a little bit of Jordan Palmer, to kind of figure out a little bit of what this is, why guys do it. And it's really, you know, for many ways, we were taught as younger kids to kind of like throw through, right? You'd always say like finish and through. And what those guys have learned over the years is throwing is not as much linear, and this is Josh as well, as it is rotational. And I yeah. think that's something that Anthony Richardson is going to have to learn and go through that process of is 
really learning how to rotate his body more than linearly throw his body almost like as a straight line. And you saw there was a couple misses in the preseason that stand out and you go, and that's kind of why we see the Dak Prescott hip thrust firing that front hip. That's the biggest part of this whole conversation because, you know, once those guys strike their front foot in the ground and fire that front hip, that's when the rotation comes. And I, Joe Burrow was talking about this, as, yeah. and everyone was like, well, Joe Burrow is really accurate. He wanted to be even more in control of the football, and I think that's where Anthony's going to have to go to. It really fast. It was interesting. Bryce Young doing it without his arms even, so that there's much more emphasis on the hip, right? Yeah, I mean, because what they want is, you, like, there's moments when you slide forward with your hip to go throw, and that's when it can – kind of affect the release point of the throw and, and kind of cause some inaccuracies. What you want is when that front foot strikes into the ground, it kind of rotate your hip because then there's a disconnect. You know, that's the thing. When Dak Prescott does this, you want your disconnect to go back and then everything kind of sequences a little bit. So often when you slide forward, there really is no disconnect. Yeah. Everything's kind of staying in line. So I think that's the big thing for Anthony is, you know, heard Josh say his mechanics are so good but there are moments when the release point is affected by a sliding of the front hip rather than a rotating of the front hip. Uh, he just hip. hasn't played that much. What does yeah. the tape that you've seen so far show you, especially as it relates to mechanics? So this, this clip's a really good example. I want to play it for everybody at home because they're hearing us talk about it and whatnot. You're going to see Anthony. This is great. He peeks to his right, goes to his left, and he misses. So the question is, like, why the miss? Again, because I don't believe he's an inaccurate player. So the first thing, you guys have heard me say this a couple times. Now watch his front hip. You're going to see his front hip. Now, when he resets to the middle of the field, this is the big thing. You're going to see a front hip kind of slide forward. What you really hope for is that the front hip would essentially, and I want to put it in red, rotate around. Now, watch how he slides forward with his front hip. See how the weight goes forward? There's like this press forward instead of this essentially rotation. Now, what that does is that affects the release point. You're going to see... The ball that gets hung out there, now oftentimes quarterbacks get these to these release points and they feel okay about it. That, that ball is in many ways going away from his body instead of, again, rotating around his front upper body. And so you sit there and go, there's that release of that front hip or that push of that front hip instead of the rotation. And then there's really no, never that, see, there's really never this. There's never that sequence. Everything kind of moves together at the same time. That ball gets hung out there, and then there's that lack of follow-through where you want it, and then that equals that miss. Very fixable. Now, again, this is going to be something that people are within his building are going to sit there with Anthony Richardson and watch, and this is what Adam told me today, watch every single rep because he said when he's lined up, meaning when he gets everything in alignment from ground force, again, guys have learned that the ground not only helps power up the football, but control and accuracy. So watch every rep because when it's lined up, it's freakishly good. It's going to just take them mapping it out and right. those kind of finite corrections. How hard do you think that's going to be to apply to the game? With work ethic, it's, it's very, very feasible. Very feasible. We've seen Josh do it. We've seen Joe Burrow do it, amongst others. I can tell you, uh, knowing Anthony Richardson at Florida, the work ethic's there. Absolutely. So, uh, I, I think he'll apply himself well. All right, we've got time for one more thing before we go. Uh, check this out. Uh, we're going to go in to see what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing. He took to the skies with the Thunderbirds, okay? The Raiders quarterback hitting nine Gs. Look at him in the outfit. Oh, He's got the whole thing going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd make you sick or pass out or whatever. Um, 
Dan, you think you'd do that? Or you? Oh, 100%. Really? Absolutely. I One of my Ooh. favorite movies ever is Top Gun, even though Maverick is a better movie than the original Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely would do that. Okay, I do love the movies. Um, I, I feel like anytime there's a movie selection on a plane, I just like Tom keep, Cruise. We watch it. He does a little bit. Probably a little taller. Do you like Maverick better than the original Top I Gun? I do. But I'm, I, I like all the, oh the stories to the whole thing. You got a little Lady Gaga there for everybody. Dan, I just don't know if I see you doing that, though. I would 100% do it. Do you think you would pass out or be sick? Well, I would care. That's why I'm a firm no on that. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to do it. And I'm going to go 9.1 G's like Tom. You think they're going to invite you to do it? Hopefully off of this show. Uh, this is a commercial for him trying to get that. We'll see you tomorrow.